Hey, what's up, everybody? Today we're having a conversation with Dan Perotti. Dan's the guy that had the crazy idea of riding his motorcycle from Minnesota to Brazil, something he'd always dreamed of doing. But there's one thing, a major factor that almost kept him from doing it, and you are about to find out what that was. Hey, my name is Amos Olivares, and I serve as an executive pastor here at Cedar Valley, and I am your host. This is episode number 14 of our Lean Into the Messy conversational podcast. If Cedar Valley is your home church, thank you for listening. And if you go somewhere else, or maybe you don't go to church at all, I am so glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to look at the messy of life and to talk about it. We actually think some healing takes place when you talk about it. So once again, thanks for tuning in. Dan Perotti, how are you, man? And I'm doing great. Thanks. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for making some time to be with us today. Um, I've been looking forward to hearing some of the stories from your extremely long motorcycle ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to sharing it. Uh, Yeah. Thanks again for having me, Amos. It's an honor to work with you and uh, be a friend of yours and and spend some time with you today in the podcast and share part of that. Yeah. Awesome. So I know that within our church family, those who are aware and those who followed your journey online, Mm -hmm. uh, they're all likely very excited to hear some of the, some of the stories they didn't get a chance to hear uh, from you directly or yeah, from I the hope postings so. you had online. Yeah. Uh, so I hope to ask some questions that they would all like to ask that mm-hmm. maybe they just haven't had a chance to ask on a Sunday morning or, sure. or another time when they see you. Um, but in general, before we get into the story, the crazy story mm-hmm. of riding your motorcycle, just give us a few uh, details of your life for the people who don't know you at all. Uh, Dan serves as our global missions pastor here at Cedar Valley and also um, our senior adults pastor. Senior adults pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in addition to that, give us a little bit of Dan Perotti, his life, your wife, children, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up right here in East Bloomington, um, Bloomington boy, born and raised, and uh, still live in Bloomington. I spent some years away, but uh, we've been back in Bloomington now for about 13 years. Uh, my wife and I, Shawnee, have been married for 30 years as of May, and uh, we got three kids. Uh, our oldest son, Forrest, gave us two grandbabies already, and then our daughter, Addie, uh, and our son, Bailey, and his wife, Amy. So, um, oh, well, Forrest, Forrest's wife, Haley. Yeah, don't get that wrong. <laughs> I know. Yeah, for, this is wrong. first, everybody. This is yeah. the first. Does Grandpa know the names of his grandchildren? Oh, Grandpa does. Uh, Grandpa's grandson is named Wells, and uh, Grandpa's granddaughter is Elna. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Elna is uh, about six months old, and, and Wells just turned three. Great. Um, and so uh, you mentioned you grew up on the east side of Bloomington. You went to school around here. You're also a former Marine. I was. I was in the Marine Corps from 91 to 95. Yeah. So that's always been one of the things I appreciate about you, but also really love and respect. Yeah, um, cool. I've got a special place in my heart for the U.S. Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, I've got a lot of family who have served in the military in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for your service. No, you're welcome. And... Uh, if you guys know Dan, Dan has a tremendous tenor voice. Mm-hmm. He can sing. 
and he also is very much loved and revered by our senior adults, right? Yeah. So tell 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 the listener what you do with senior adults in in short uh, on a monthly basis. Yeah. So uh, there's a few things that I'm involved with there. Uh, we we have a big event every month. Uh, our, just our seniors luncheon had a great turnout just last week where I shared this this story about 120 seniors from the church here that showed up for that. So that was cool. Also involved with uh, visitations of the seniors, uh, uh, those that are shut in or in the hospital, uh, transitional care and such. Uh, I have a team that uh, that plays a, a big role in that, and I get to be a part of that team. Um, so yeah, something a very a, a very fulfilling portion of my duties yeah. here is the relationships that I have with seniors. Yeah, and so okay, so that's that's what he does in terms of ministry. But he had a dream. A long time ago, and I don't know how long, mm-hmm. but I, 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 that's one question I wanted to ask is, when did the dream, like when did you first have the thought that you wanted to ride on your motorcycle mm-hmm. from the state of Minnesota to the country of Brazil? And, and I'm sure within that, you're going to have to tell us, like, when did you even fall in love with riding a motorcycle? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I owned my first motorcycle, not as young as some, but I think I was 18 years old, bought my first motorcycle from a friend of mine. And in that, did I ever grow in my love and appreciation of riding? There's just no other experience like it. Um, so, yeah, I had a motorcycle for quite a bit of, of my, my years since then. And uh, when you own a motorcycle and you like to ride it and you like to get out on day trips, it's really easy to fantasize about longer trips in a day. And it's really easy to fantasize about international trips, going tr- cruising around a different country. So through the years, um, and as I became a pastor and then a missions pastor, and my best friend is Brazilian, um, yeah, thoughts just began to, to come in and combine themselves into a what-if and this was probably about two and a half, three years ago, um, the big what-if thought, what, what if I could combine in some way, shape, or form riding a motorcycle internationally and related to missions? Um, boy, wouldn't that be a big deal? It would take a lot of time. So, Lord, you'd really have to make that opportunity surface. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the dream for this particular trip started about two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, so I, it's easy to say in a sentence, but I, there's a map in your office and mm-hmm. you have thumb, uh, thumb, thumb tacks, thumb tacks kind of outlining the journey of this trip. Yeah. You're looking at the, the western side of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. From North America through Central America and into South America. Like mm-hmm. that is a long, long trip yeah. in an airplane, much less on a motorcycle. Yeah. So yeah. I asked you in preparation for this podcast yeah. to prepare some quick facts about this trip yeah. to give us sort of like scope or perspective to how long this actually was. Yeah, sure. Read through some of those things. All right. Yeah. So just some fun facts. Um, so the whole trip took me 63 days um, to, to go from, from the, the parking lot of our church here, blessed yep. to leave on a Sunday right after church. Um, yeah, 63 days, uh, and I traveled all the way down uh, through into South Texas, um, and then into 13 countries uh, from Mexico to Brazil. Total mileage was 10,640 miles before I was done. Uh, I covered 13 different countries, uh, not including the U.S., 
uh, as, as I went down. I got to visit 17 different missionary families um, uh, in each of the countries that I traveled through. Um, I never did how many times I filled up until just yesterday. I filled up about 35 times. That's, that's approximate. I wasn't always empty, um, but yeah, I filled up, I, I can say, a minimum of 35 times with at least 240 gallons of gas. That's like every other day. Yeah, or sometimes, uh, depending on, uh, fill up twice in, in one day because I started half, half full and, uh, and, and needed some more before I ended up. But um, yeah, 10 different currencies. Um, three of the countries I went through used the U.S. dollar. Um, the most miles in one day was 527 miles, and it took me about nine hours to do it. I was wow. cruising pretty fast in the open road. Um, but then uh, uh, that in contrast, the longest day was 14 and a half hours, and that was quite a surprise, not what I planned. But 14 and a half hours, and I only covered 275 miles. Um, That's and, a long way. Yeah, that road. was in that was in Colombia, and uh, there were more switchbacks in that in that road. I don't think I exceeded about thirty five miles an hour most wow. of the day for fourteen and a half hours. For fourteen and a half hours. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, best food was definitely Mexico. Oh, of course, oh, I could have yeah. told you that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could have told you that before I asked the question. Of course, it's Mexico. Uh, probably the most interesting thing that I ate would have been in uh, in Peru. I ate llama, which was actually really good. Really? It wasn't that unusual. More of like the lamb taste, or like uh, you beef, know, somebody told beef. me it's kind of a cross between red meat and pork, and yeah, I think I couldn't disagree with that. It was all seasoned up. It was really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, good texture. That's good. Um, lowest degree that I experienced was high up in the Andes, uh, 38 degrees is how cold it got. And then later on in that same day, when I'm down in the lower lands in our Argentina, same country, uh, getting out of the mountains, it was 99 degrees. Um, so yeah, yeah all quite, in one day the, I saw that extreme. swing. Yeah. 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 I changed clothes uh, a couple of times during that day. Would you prefer to ride in the 38 or the 99? Uh, 70. I prefer to ride in the 70. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, going through Panama is a story of itself. Um, during that time, there was a lot of political things going around. Uh, the, the people were rightfully upset with the government, and because of that, they shut the country down by putting up 12 civilian roadblocks on the Pan-American Highway. So nothing was getting in, um, and I went through all of those roadblocks. Um, yeah, that was uh, exciting, memorable, concerning. It made for quite a day. So you said total trip was 63 days? 63 days, yeah. 63 days, 63 days filled with um, highlights, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, every day presented its own challenges. Mm -hmm. Every day was different. Mm -hmm. No single day had the same view, oh, right? Every day was so, new. So uh, I, I can imagine an assault on the... Uh, on on your on what you're seeing, on what you're hearing, on what you're mm -hmm. smelling, on mm -hmm. what you're feeling, on yeah. your, all your senses just constantly moving and in motion. Oh, absolutely. It, it truly was. Um, yeah, there were sometimes, uh, I think some of you experienced travelers can say this, sometimes the air smells different in, in the next country that you get into. Mostly, uh, maybe, uh, maybe obvious when you get off a plane into a country far from the one you left from. But yeah, even the smells were different in some of these countries. People did not always look the same uh, in these countries, even though it's, to me, uh, Latin America. But no, everybody looked different. It was a little different. It was all new every day that I woke up and continued. Any single highlight from the 63 days, any single highlight that kind of rises to the top? Yeah, going back uh, to what I briefly mentioned already in Panama, going through those roadblocks, truly um, significant. 
Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, the first roadblock, I, I wasn't sure I was going to get through, and I did. They finally changed their mind and let me pass. The second roadblock that I went through, um, I, uh, I had to get, uh, they, they chopped some trees down going into this roadblock, so I had to hop over the trees, and when I did it, I fell over. That's right, man, I dumped the bike. Um, my back tire slid out on the big branch um, that I was trying to get over, and down I went. So got back up, continued on, and uh, 20, or about 200 feet up was a roadblock, and a, a man comes out, and he's, he's covered up head to toe. I can only see his eyeballs, and um, he is refusing to talk to me, pointing to his ears, shaking his head that he doesn't hear me, pointing to his eyes, shaking his head that he doesn't see me, wow. and pointing to his lips, saying he is not going to talk to me. And so I plead my case, may I please pass? I'm a missionary uh, going to Panama City um, to meet with a missionary. I pointed to, to, uh, to Spanish on my motorcycle um, that, that said the same thing, that I was in ministry. And uh, I lost the conversation. Yeah. Um, and uh, many, in, in many countries, um, especially Panama, once you leave the Pan American Highway, there's no workaround. You have to go back to it to continue on through the country. And I was in an area where, where that was the case. There was no workaround for me. So I lost the conversation. And uh, he pointed to the other side of the, of the highway that I had to maneuver over to. And, and I, I headed back, headed back the other way, not knowing what I was going to do. Because that was my only option to continue. And I had to be to the airport in, a, in uh, four days' time to get my motorcycle out of Panama and into Colombia. I, I wasn't able to, to ride through the Darien Gap. Um, but uh, so I, I, uh, I go back the other way. Um, about a mile after, I pull off to the center of the road, look at my phone, desperately hoping for a workaround, and it didn't, it just wasn't there. There was no workaround. And in the process of that, I realized that I lost the phone piece on the microphone of my camera that was mounted to my helmet. And uh, so I looked down, thinking it dropped right there, and, and it didn't. It was not there, and I knew for a fact that it was there just previously. I remember seeing it and having it. So I just had this courage um, just well up in me, and it wasn't without concern. Uh, a big takeaway from this trip is that, that, that God can lead us and guide us in confidence, but it's not always in complete peace that he does that. Sometimes there's that, concern. That right there will preach. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So, uh, I, yeah, I had this confidence just well up in me to go back. Uh, so I did. Um, put my helmet back on, and, and I headed back down the road. Um, uh, this time I stopped short of the trees, thinking maybe I dropped it there. So I put my flashers on. Everybody can see me at the roadblock. I put my flashers on because I want to posture that I'm not coming at them again. Um, and I start looking around for this, uh, this, this foam piece, and it's not there. So I, uh, I walk up to the roadblock, and that same man walks out about 10 feet from the roadblock to meet me, and I have my helmet pointing to my camera, pointing to the ground, uh, showing him that I'm looking for something. And uh, he just kind of gives me a head nod, like, all right. And uh, sure enough, it was right there where I was talking to him. Wow. So I pick it up, and I, I showed it to him, and I said, gracias, gracias. And uh, then I, I approached him and asked one more time, please, por favor, may I pass? And uh, he looks at me, and he just nods his head, and he says, yes. And I went, no way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Previously, he said yes, but he said that my motorcycle could not cross. Oh. Just me. And so that's a no, right? Yeah, that's a no. Okay, so I asked him, I said, moto pass? <laughs> and he said... That's how you ask it in Spanish, by the way. It's exactly how, it's exactly how I asked it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> moto pass. Moto pass. That's what they call motorcycles in, uh, in most all of Latin America. Yeah. They call it a moto. Um, so, yeah, 
Surprisingly, he said yes. That's awesome. Nothing changed. That's awesome. He didn't want me to pass. They didn't want me to pass. But somehow in the process of going back, praying about it, and I did. I prayed about it, looked for my alternative, didn't find it, realized I lost that peace, confidence to go back and look again. The Holy Spirit moved inside of his heart. Yeah. And changed his no to a yes. That's awesome. There's no other reason. You never really sense. know what it's going to be when it comes to some big epic thing like this. You know that there's going to be hardship. You know yeah. you're going to face a challenge. You just don't know when and you don't know where. Exactly. And until it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Right? And I then couldn't there agree you find more. yourself with this beautiful balance of courage and concern. Yeah. Right. Like oh, absolutely. This, how am I going to get through this thing? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, God just gives you favor in that moment, mm -hmm. and then you continue on your way. Yeah. Yeah. This guy meant business. I was in, insignificant to him. Yeah. You know, I'm just this American yeah. white dude. He's you had nothing to do with what he was trying to do within the context of, of in his country. Like, you right. had nothing to do with it. He's, nothing at all. He just happened to be passing by. Nothing at all. He's just not going to let me pass because yeah. he didn't have to. Yeah. And God made That's a way. Cool. That's really cool. cool. So one of the things that I was really intrigued by when I asked you a personal question regarding this trip, I mm -hmm. asked you a question and your answer uh, is why I thought, okay, I got to get him on the podcast because I asked if there was anything that mm -hmm. was going to keep you from doing this trip, what would that be? And before you answer it, yep. I thought the answer could potentially be money, mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. or just timing. Yep. Right. And like time off, but timing like, yeah, you know, it's a decision that you and your wife needed to make together. Mm -hmm. You know, it was at the right time, but it wasn't either of those. Mm -hmm. The question, the answer that you gave to that question was actually so much deeper than I expected. But I'm going to ask you again. I want you mm -hmm. to share with the listener. If there was one thing that was going to keep you from mm -hmm. doing this trip, from accomplishing this trip, mm -hmm. this, this trip that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, God called you to do that. Mm -hmm. He planted this seed, this dream in your heart three years ago, and for three years you've been kind of mapping this thing mm -hmm. out. You don't just put this trip together in a few days. You had to look through so many different resources to kind of put this trip together. Yeah. Three years worth. Yeah. What was the one thing that would have kept you from doing this trip? Yeah. Truthfully, the one thing that would have kept me from doing it was 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 the was what's inside of me in operation um, all the time in one way, shape, or form, and that's the fear of failure and the fear of, of not following through. Yeah, struggle with that. Have my whole life. That's that's the thing is you said that for the trip it was a fear of failure, but that's kind of like the theme of my life. Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of insight because here's the truth: a lot of people listening, and even this guy speaking, I think a lot of people can say I've got a fear of, a fear of failure within me as well. Mm -hmm. How did you combat the fear of failure with the courage to respond to something you knew God was calling you to do. Like, mm -hmm. What was that struggle really like? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I think for me, the first thing I got to do is recognize God is this from you. And then the only way to find out is to play out like the answer is yes and see what he does with it. So yeah, I got this fear of failure. I got this fear of, of, of following through because often when things get too big, I don't. And uh, so... Yeah, as, as I considered it in prayer, I took God at his word, and I took a step in preparation, which, which happened on many levels. Um, but as I took a step in preparation, boy, did I ever see God then begin to direct me, opening and closing doors in a process that, that confirmed uh, that this is right uh, and that this is going to work. 
Uh, that's how I combated my fear of failure and follow through. I continued to step regardless of how I felt and continued to acknowledge God uh, in every door that he opened, even in every door that he closed, because when he closed a door, it was nothing more than a diversion to the next door, mm. which was open such as um, just just putting together all the different plans that I had to to make this trip possible on paper and all the missionaries that I needed to say, that I needed to hear back from uh, in a positive way saying, yes, please come visit us. I needed those missionaries to help me through this trip. And uh, one by one, they said yes. One by one, um, I figured out more about the, the, the details of, of this type of trip and, and all that it would take. And and uh, yeah, if I didn't continue to step, regardless of how I felt, I know that I would have become overwhelmed and, uh, and backed out of it. How much was failure a part of this trip as it began? When you actually left the parking lot mm-hmm. from the church and you started driving, how much was that present in you mm-hmm. initially as you, as you left? Yeah, I'll be real honest. Um, much of that fear of failure began to dissolve the closer I got to my, my departure day. And a lot of that is because it was so obvious that God put these details together for me as I continued prayerfully to step. Yeah. Boy, was he ever able to direct me. Yeah. And so I saw so much of that happen. And I've seen God work like that in my life before, but not in an epic event. Yeah situations such as this. Um, so yes, when I, when, I was, uh, when I was ready to go um, and everybody was outside seeing me off, um, I was confident uh, in, in the way that I stepped off or in that moment and uh, riding out with all the guys that rode with me, two of my boys rode with me on their motorcycles for about, for about a half hour. It was really cool. Now, again, I want to say that I had this confidence uh, in this, this history of, of God providing everything, putting it all together. I had that confidence, but it still, it wasn't without concern. It wasn't yeah. without a little bit of fear because yeah. everything in front of me from that moment, I literally stepped off into the unknown. Yeah. Going through the States, that's easy. Um, but once I crossed Texas um, uh, through Laredo, the border town, Everything was a new experience. Completely different. And there were fears. There were concerns. How does this work? How does that work? At the same time, there's a sense of relief, like I'm actually doing this thing. Like this thing is actually happening. I'm actually on my right. way. Right. It's kind of like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. At that point, uh, yeah, because most, <laughs> most people have done that. Because most people have done that. And I would, I would assume that the closer you got to your destination, the more confident you became, the more you know, just this, this overwhelming sensation, I would assume that just kind of came over you like, man, I, I did this thing that I, that I didn't know that I would actually right. be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. That did continue to ride. Uh, if I can use that word, no pun yeah. intended. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, there were new challenges, uh, along the way. There were new frustrations along the way. I kept giving it to the Lord and, uh, uh kept stepping out and, uh, he continued to be present as he always is. There's another thing. Um, I don't pray for his presence anymore. I just thank him for it because yeah. I got it. Yeah, and, exactly. and in that, is he ever able to direct me? Yeah. So most people aren't going to, um, they'll find themselves in this story, I'm sure. First of all, you don't need to have an epic journey right. to have these types of feelings. You mm-hmm. can have a fear of failure hovering over you in just everyday life. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's something that we know a lot of people really deal with on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. just this fear of failure, right? right. This, this balance or really imbalance of 
of um, crippling fear and God's peace, like, mm-hmm. you know, managing the both mm-hmm. of those at the same time. You mm-hmm. don't need a long bike journey to, to resonate with those feelings, right? Right, right. Um, I guess the long bike journey just kind of gives you a story to kind of attach those things to and see both of those things play out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, we always think about the people in our church who are facing messiness in life. This whole podcast is focused on the messy of mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we have this pastor who's doing this epic journey on this, on a motorcycle, 10,600 miles worth of travel in 63 days. And a lot of people will just pay attention to the success of that and mm-hmm. how amazing that is and how how much awareness that trip shined a light on missions and, and the missionaries and just all the good that came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciate that you allow us to see that, hey, behind that whole picture of what looks like success, mm-hmm. there's a human heart, there's a, there's a man who's overcoming Mm-hmm. the fear of failure in this mm-hmm. and you allowing us to see that makes makes our story of failure a little bit easier to talk about sure sure right yeah. so so what so what what do you say to like the people listening who are saying i guess not it's not a bike journey for me man but i'll tell you fear of failure mm-hmm. it can haunt me at times how, yeah. how would you say to that single parent to, to that couple who's going through a really hard divorce right now mm-hmm. or to that person who's driving and, and they're having a really hard time in their place of, of work. How would you say to start working their way out of the mud of that fear of failure? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, uh, well, for one, for me, um, emotions don't confirm, uh, certain realities. Emotions surface. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything regardless of how we feel. Um, we can still continue to step successfully. Um, and in that, prayerfully, always giving our situations to the Lord, whatever the situation may be. Yeah, divorce is ugly. And uh, uh, I can only imagine. I've never experienced it. Um, but through a divorce, does God ever want to direct you? And uh, not that I'm saying I believe in divorce. I, I don't. But it is a real thing. And God can prayerfully direct you through it, regardless and, and of how you feel about it. Impacted by it for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. God is just simply present, and wants to lead and guide you. He wants to be a part of everything that you're going to go through, whether it's positive or negative, concerning or otherwise. He wants to be a part of it because uh, He's that's the relational loving God that He is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and I I think the takeaway from even hearing your story related to failure would be, despite that feeling of failure because mm-hmm. it, it's not going to go away just because yeah. you hope that it goes away or you pray that it goes away it's not going to go away so despite that mm-hmm. you still have to have the courage to start moving in the direction of obedience or moving you know like for you it was it was you got to get on the motorcycle mm-hmm. and you got to start driving south right you've got to get calls mm-hmm. you've got to start lining things up mm-hmm. you've got to start buying the the, the tickets and mm-hmm. the things that you need yeah as as much as you are afraid of failing, mm-hmm. start planning as if it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Get on your motorcycle, start driving, mm-hmm. get going, and at some point, you, your courage is going to start to lead you to do the thing that you are very much afraid of doing. Yeah, absolutely. God put something on your heart, um, like He did me. Um, one of the things that I learned is that I needed to do something in that direction every single day. 
Um, if I did two or three or four things, all the better. As that momentum um, helped me in how I was feeling inside with all my concerns and worries about failure. Yeah. And, and not following through and uh, being overwhelmed. That's a big thing for me. I deal, I'm just here to tell you, I deal with depression and anxiety. Every day, in some way, shape, or form, it's lingering, and it hits me right, right in the rib cage, right in the center, um, is is where I carry that. And uh, so, yeah, from that, sometimes it's hard. I feel like I got this emotional headwind constantly in anything that I'm going after. But um, big success, and God is always involved in this because I'm real vocal with him. Um, big success is making sure that every day I did something or every day I do something because that creates a momentum that, uh, that dissipates some of yeah. that crud that I deal with and feel in the inside. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway, to mm-hmm. be honest. I think that's the perfect takeaway. If you're listening to the podcast and you find yourself in the mud of whether it's the fear of failure or anything related to anything we've talked about today— just taking a step, mm-hmm. just taking a step forward. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a huge step. Doesn't have to be tons of of movement. But if mm-hmm. you'll just begin to lean forward and start taking a step in the right direction, yeah, absolutely. If I, if I can share this, yeah. A few years back, um, I don't know, been about five years. I'm on my couch in my living room praying, and I'm asking God for His presence in my life. And it doesn't sit right with me how I verbalized that. And it's been bugging me just a little bit, but I couldn't get my finger on it. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord say to me, you know, Dan, why are you praying for something that you already have? To pray for what you already have is to live as though you don't have it. And boy, did it ever, it, it, it just, it, the light bulb turned on in, in my head. And uh, from that day forward, my relationship with the Lord changed completely. I no longer pray for his presence. I thank him for it. And in that, I ask him to lead and guide me uh, in every step that I take, knowing that he's already there and he wants to. Here's what I found out is, is, is now living and knowing that I got it, I'm thankful for it, and I ask God, lead me and guide me. And as I step, is he ever able to direct and bless? Mm. Um, I might not get after the thing that I'm going for, but if I never stepped in its direction prayerfully, I wouldn't have gone in the direction that he had for me. Um, or it would not have been put together the way that he designed it to get put together, such as this trip. And uh, when I step, uh, uh, and God is glorified, and every time God is glorified in that actionable, if you will, if that's the right word, obedience, what happens next in my experience is that I'm fulfilled and that I keep stepping then, doing the same things. God continues to get glorified. I continue to find my fulfillment. That's called relationship. And in that, there's always success. Yeah. It's really neat to know that Superman was actually not Superman. You're just an ordinary man yeah. that has allowed God to work in your life. Yeah. And yeah. to help you overcome the things that you face every single day. Yeah. And that is the heart that we have for the people who call Cedar Valley Church home. And I believe that's God's heart for people in general, mm-hmm. is that God can come into anybody's life mm-hmm. and he can bring about good in their life. He yeah. can take their situation, he can take whatever theme you think is the theme of your life, mm-hmm. and he can bring about very good change to that if you'll mm-hmm. allow him to do that. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, and so your story is very inspiring. It's very inspiring now for many different reasons, mm-hmm. right? I think that your story today has given hope to to, to many of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll turn this thing off here shortly, and um, and maybe they'll have a short time of prayer and say, you know, God, if you can, if you did that for him, 
would you do that for me? Yeah. Right? yeah. So would you end, um, would you end by praying a very special prayer of blessing mm-hmm. over those who are listening, who find themselves really crippled with fear, mm-hmm. whether it's fear of failure or, or fear of the future, j- just fear. Um, and, and, uh, and ask God's blessing upon them. And, and, and just before he prays, listen, I know Dan's office is always open to you. If, if you're listening and you would like someone to help you, someone to listen to you, uh, you reach out to us here at Cedar Valley, reach out to Dan. We'd love to to have you come in and share what God is doing Absolutely. in you and, and, uh, and how this story is touching you. Um, but of course we always thank you guys for listening and for being such great, uh, being a great audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, your feedback is always much appreciated and we, we enjoy it. Um, but yeah, Dan, would you dismiss yeah. us out, I guess, from absolutely. this podcast with a word of prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank let's you. do it. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for being alive uh, and, uh, and present in our lives, God. Uh, we know that is true uh, because of what it says in your word, God. And along with that, we know that it's true because it's confirmed in our own spirit. Your presence is here and it's in us. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that those that struggle the way that I do, um, uh, fear of failure, follow through, depression, anxiety, all that stuff, Father. Lord, I pray that you would remind them that you are present and that you are with them. And as they prayerfully consider everything that they go through, everything that you would have for them, as they prayerfully consider every idea, accomplishment um, that, that they desire, uh, Lord, that, that you are there with them to lead and guide them through it all. Regardless of how small or how insignificant, or, or even this, Lord, how insignificant they think other people will think that it is, it's not. And uh, so encourage them that way, Father, that you are present with them, leading and guiding them in everything um, uh, that that they go through, every desire they have, every moment that they spend, uh, and in everything, Lord, that they want to accomplish, do you want to be a part of? So God, encourage them that way. Bless them. Fill them with your joy, your encouragement, God. Help them to remember. Remind them, Lord, that that in every struggle, um, there is also peace. It can happen at the same time it's supposed to. uh, is normal, Lord. So in that, be their strength. Encourage them. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Dan, congratulations on fulfilling a dream years ago. Mm-hmm. And to all you listeners, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you on the yeah. next one. Thank you, everybody. Adios. Adios.